0: with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We look up to Father. We find our fullness in You, and we are complete in Christ Jesus, who is head of all principality and power. So we ask You, Lord, let the Spirit of God be poured, that our hearts receive these words of God, that our minds and our nature be changed into the nature of Christ who became a servant, even though he was in the form of God, he made himself of no reputation, and became a servant. May we have the mind of a servant in the name of Jesus. And even as he became the suffering servant, may we be willing to suffer for his sake in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord. God is good. And all the time. So we are starting Holy Week, as we all know. This is the last week of the Lord Jesus' life on the earth. Amen. Amen. And so um, today is Palm Sunday, even though we don't have palms. But this is very important, that we acknowledge that there is a team running through this week, that the Lord Jesus presented himself to the will of the father so in Luke chapter 19 verse 36 and 38 which is the scripture of the week it was taken from that period it says and as he went they spread their clothes in the way saying blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest Luke 1936 and 38 so let's say it Luke 1936 and 38 and as he went they spread their clothes in the way saying blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest Luke 1936 and 38. Amen. I would like to repeat and emphasize the Good Friday Miracle Service that Bishop Doug has um, in Accra at the Independence Square. Um, This year, we are not holding Good Friday night service or Good Friday evening service. In Accra, all the churches gather at Independence Square, um, including the the pastors of the cathedrals, the bishops, they all gather their people and they go and listen to Bishop as he holds the Good Friday service. So over here, this is what we are trying to do to connect with what is happening there. That is why we are strongly urging all of us to make it to the service here. We are going to watch by um, by um, live stream connection. Amen. It's 3 p.m. in Ghana and it translates to Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time over here. So um, if you are not working, please don't just stay at home. Join us here. And we'll be praying a lot. We'll be praying as you find out that this is a season of consecration and prayer. Hallelujah. You know, in the Jewish calendar, they have a week, actually 10 days, between Rosh Hashanah and um, Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. During the, those 10 days, they call it their holiest days. Hallelujah. And after young Kippur, whatever your state is and whatever your, your stance is before God, the Jewish people believe that it is sealed for the next year. So, we too, we, we also have our holy week, which is this week. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So, we are going to continue on our series on what you would accomplish through the sufferings of Christ, what you would accomplish through The sufferings of Christ. Let's look at these two quick scriptures, starting with uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and from verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 12 1 to 3. As I mentioned last week, Jesus Christ became the example of anyone who wants to walk with God. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 that God in previous times appeared. And spoke to man through many prophets but in the last days he decided to send his own son hallelujah all right so um, Jesus Christ came as the express image of God as the revelation of God the revelation of the Father in fact he is the Word of God made flesh is that not so and so when Jesus speaks and when you look at his life it gives you a portrayal of what God would like to do if God was on the earth amen and if we are to imitate God as God's dear children, then the life of Jesus becomes a pattern. It becomes something, are you looking for the scripture? I said Hebrews 12. So I'm waiting on you to look for it. Alright. So Jesus' life becomes a pattern that whatever Jesus went through is what? The prediction. that what, That is what you can become or you should become. Hallelujah. Jesus' life is a pattern for us. And so look at it. He says, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Hallelujah. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. People are fighting so hard to lay aside the physical weight. Amen. People have registered with James. People have made um, um, commitment that I'm going to lose a certain amount of weight. Last year, we did a competition about losing of weight. What do you call it? Biggest loser. biggest loser contest. Should we not have a biggest loser contest for laying aside the sin and the weight of, of spiritual weight that we are carrying? Hallelujah. Because, you see, when you are traveling, you have a lot of weight on you. You can't go at a certain speed. Do you realize that? Yeah. Um, there are certain places that weight can be an advantage. Like in musical chess. If you are, play, you are playing musical chess, that one, the, musical, the weight... You can use your weight as an advantage and knock somebody down. But in the kingdom of God, amen, in the kingdom of God, it says, let us lay aside every weight. It means that weight comes in categories. Do you get it? There are different types of weight. Which slows you down spiritually. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. So everybody has a sin that so easily ensnares us. It's like, it's like Satan has discovered that this particular person, this is their weakness. And Satan is constantly hitting on that. But he said, let us run with endurance the race that is said before. The Christian life is a race. Amen. And if you're in a race, you must know one of the things that inevitably comes with running the race is suffering. There is pain. Hallelujah. I mean, how many have run a race that in the middle of the race, like I mean like running as in track. At some point, you thought about stopping. At some point, you t- you told her. I mean, what at all will happen if I if I quit? You get it, because the, your your body is being put under stress. Because normally you are walking, and especially here in this um, uh, abroad here, where from here to here you, you ride in a car. Meanwhile, where we grew up, you know, there was a lot of walking. Do you get it? And so there is a race set before us, and this race set before us, nobody is going to run it for you you have to run your own race and in this race there's going to be suffering amen when we are following christ we have to we have to get the full picture of what it means to be following christ okay next verse looking unto jesus we look unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith. jesus suffered as a what a prototype a blueprint as an example he had to come and take on human form so that after he has had the victory, then he can turn around and tell us you can do the same thing. Amen. If Jesus, if God just remained in heaven and gave instructions through the prophets, and, you know, we don't have any record of God coming in the flesh, people continue to make excuses, but now God has come in the flesh. Hallelujah. What would God do if he was in the flesh? He did come in the flesh, in the person of Christ. And when he came, he became the pattern or the example that all human beings that are born into this new kingdom, that are birthed into this new creation are to follow. And so, who is our example? Our example is Christ. Hallelujah. He is the author and finisher of our faith. There's nothing you will go through that Christ wouldn't understand. There's nothing that you will go through that you feel like you feel like God doesn't even understand your pain. He does. In fact, somebody said somebody lost their son. A certain minister he lost uh, his son. And he said he was backsliding and almost was leaving the ministry. And he kept on praying and many people had counseled him and counseled him and counseled him over and over again. And he still would not be healed and recover. And so one day, I think he had a vision. And the father, God, the Father, told him that, you think I don't understand your pain? I also lost my son at the hands of wicked men. Don't you think I had pain? Do you get it? Are you listening to me? So you see, god also has emotions and jesus christ came to experience the emotions of a man and so we look at him as the altar and finisher of our faith what was the thing that was motivating him the bible said who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross amen suffering is not something that you enjoy when we are talking about we talk about um what you would accomplish through the sufferings of christ we are not saying Suffering is something that people are happy about, that you enjoy. The word there is endured the cross. He didn't enjoy the cross. He endured it. But there was something that was moving him and motivating him. Hallelujah. He said that that there was a joy set before him. You see, for you to suffer with Christ and for Christ, you must have a picture in your imagination, in the eye of your spirit, of the joy set before you if you don't have a picture of heaven and if you don't have a picture of the divine infiltration or divine intervention and god's glory then suffering in the physical becomes like drudgery it becomes like a meaningless something that you are suffering hallelujah like the taxi driver who was sent to uh, what was the place not taxi driver uh, a soldier turned taxi driver he was in the in the peacekeeping force sent to liberia to help keep the peace is that not so after they had the truce. And at some point, he left the peacekeeping work to um, get a taxi and run a, a taxi business in Liberia. Amen. <laughs> and then somebody met him and said, are you not part of the peacekeeping force? He said, my my, my my mother didn't bring me into the earth to come to Liberia to die a stupid death. Because because he's noticed that the people, they say there's truth, truce, but they are still fighting. And I'm not going to bring myself in the middle and die here. And the, my body is carried somewhere. So he's rather making money, running a taxi business. Amen. He didn't have anything in front of him to look up to as a worthwhile uh, something to suffer for. Amen. So when you are suffering for Christ, there has to be a joy set before you, like Christ. What was the joy set before Christ, by the way? dispersing the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, let's add verse 3. For consider him who endured the hostility from sinners against himself lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. He said when you are suffering, when you are going through difficulty, consider Christ. That Christ endured the hostility of sinners against himself. When you consider what somebody has gone through, you get it. It it, kind of encourages you that you are not the only one going through. In fact, your Lord and Master Christ went through the same thing. But going back to verse 2, what was the thing that motivated Christ to endure the suffering? He said, for the joy that was set before him. Everybody give me one thing that was a joy. To sit at the right, right hand side of God. It's a place of honor. You get it. After, as an athlete, after you have run the race, you have endured all the strenuous uh what do you call it hard work of exercising of practice and then you you also are able to withstand the pressure when all eyes are on you and you do all that is necessary okay finally when they are giving the the prices it is a good a great feeling you get it so when your eyes are on the price you disregard the pain is that not so so yes to sit at the right hand side of god what else yes. to save mankind hallelujah Is that what you're going to say? Yes. So, yes. To triumph over death and hell. Hallelujah. You see that all these things are connected. Because he sat down at the right hand of God when his job was done. When your job is not done, you don't sit down. Amen. You keep working and doing the job. But when he sat down at the right hand of authority and power, it's two things. The job was done. And secondly, sitting at the right hand of God is also in jewish symbolic language right hand means a place of authority amen do you get it because most people are right-handed so um if you are you know in a boxing bout for instance you know i mean if your opponent knows that you are you are left-handed you know they are they always be on this side Do you get it so the right hand of god symbolizes a place of power and authority and 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 that place of power and authority is in relation to dealings with man that he has saved man from death and hell that you see the bible says do you know god never made hell for human beings the bible says hell was made for the devil and his assistants. so it is such a tragedy that a place that was not made for human beings, human beings are going to go there because a they have re- disregarded the warnings of God be. They have disregarded the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. See, they have re- disregarded the blood of Christ that was shed. They have, they have not looked at the price that was paid. But, hell, but but the thing is that mankind was destined for hell because of pollutions from the devil. That the devil has infiltrated the human race and polluted us with poison. Amen. And Christ was rejoicing. He was he was, he was um, in the pain that he was suffering. As a matter of fact, one of the surprising things is how he could forgive in the middle of the pain. Do you get it? Because it's easy when you are out of the pain, out of the cross, and you are lying somewhere and drinking, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, iced tea or something, and you could easily, so Father forgive them, they don't know what they are doing, but whilst he was still in pain, and whilst they were still insulting him, While they were still deriding him he could say father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing that's the remarkable thing all that suffering that he was doing he was going through it was for a purpose it was for a price hallelujah people suffer a lot in this world and often for a meaningless purpose people suffer a lot to make money to make property to to buy things that we can we can use to enjoy here but then when somebody is being buried in my culture They have all this group of things that they ship along with the person to bury the person. This is this person's this. Then they will tear a cloth here. They will do all this. Everybody standing there knows the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is that the whole thing is going to decay. It is going to decay. It's going to be the cloth there, whatever is being sent along with you, is all going to rot. Amen. Was it Aristotle who said this, there's uh, four things, four four. I think he said four elements: earth, water, fire, and what? Oh, please help me. Air, uh, yeah, four things. And and then it is said that it is said that human beings are made of um how, how many so many gallons of water. I forget the ratio. I think six gallons of water and one gallon of earth. Human being. That's what you are made of. And that's what i'm made of because this is if you look at the chemical composition of this is the same as the earth did you know that yeah all the elements in the earth is, is here so what's the point the whole thing is that christ looked beyond what we see in the physical that if we are suffering for things let's also suffer for something that will last forever hallelujah let's look at um, philippians 1 and 29 philippians 1 and 29 We are when whenever we come to church, we are introducing an agent that appears foreign to our system. You get it? When somebody is sick, when somebody is sick, it is because the body's fighting mechanism, the blood cells that fight against disease. Is this the white blood cells? Okay. They, 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 are, they have failed in their job because the reason why you are not always sick is because this blaster is like it's like cyber security do you know do you, do you know that on the big topic is cyber security is that also that people are trying to hack into corporations hack into government offices hack into your bank account hack into all kinds of things and so people who are there are people who are full-time their full-time job in fact last week I, I i met somebody who was telling me that she knows there are some people whose full-time job is to be watching there is there is a, there is a black market or or, or or a dark web, dark web, where people communicate and talk about how to usurp and how to break through systems. And people some people even brag about it. And people actually can can buy things to to to, to how to uh, break through things. And she was telling me there are people whose main job is to to be watching the traffic. Do you get it? To be watching the traffic to. To, to, to discover what is about to be the next attack so your human body is like that, that there are certain blood cells in your body that are supposed to what fight and, and resist disease are you are you listening to me now when you fall sick it means that somehow the hackers have succeeded <laughs> amen in hacking your system and and now introduce introduce something that doesn't belong and, and, and it becomes it becomes sick. So one, they they give you medicine. Do you get it? The medicine is not... Because normally your body is supposed to generate chemicals and and, and things that fight the disease. But since they have failed, now they have to now introduce a foreign object, a foreign substance, a foreign agent. Do you get it? Into your system to now help in the combating effort to resist and to drive out what doesn't belong. Hallelujah. That's what the word of God is. The Proverbs said the Word of God is what? Medicine. Amen. So you see, the whole world system has trained us, prepared us, made us to conform to the world. The world system has groomed us and oriented us to be conformed to the world, to to become like the world. Whereby life goes on and nobody cares about God's agenda. Amen. But then when we come to church, the Word of God is to reorient us how we think and it's now being put into us like a like through a needle or through whatever means to go back and fight the things that the world has trained us with which are making us not what we are supposed to be amen for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ he's writing to believers to you believers it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for his sake. Hallelujah. When we hear a grant, usually what does it mean? Like, you have a grant. Free money. It's like you have something, it's something, a benefit to you. Do you get it? So, there are two good things that this grant that you have received. In this verse, there are two good things, because a grant is like something good that is coming to you. Is that not so? And this grant... It's made up of two chapters, Brittany. Two chapters in this. It's like, it's like a folder. It's like a, a pamphlet, a document, a paper, and it's two chapters. That the grant that you have received, the document has two chapters. The first chapter is what. To believe in Christ is that a great thing to believe in Christ, because after believing in Christ, it entitles you to a lot of good things. Hallelujah. Have you tried to go to a place that um, you need a ticket to enter? And you got there and then you couldn't find your ticket. I had a sad, sad story of somebody who, I think somebody was having a party, birthday party or something. And, and they had this friend who had money, who, paid, who sponsored a big chunk of the, of the party. You get it. Is that not a good, a good friend? Yeah. You, you, you need that type of friend so this friend she sponsored a big chunk of the party and then uh, this is the party it's not one of those parties that's open for all you see, be very very careful Ghanaians we like this thing sometimes somebody is having a party or africans in general somebody is having their own party they say by invitation only and when you are coming you bring you bring three pe- other people who have not been invited <laughs> amen we have to watch out for that some parties are what are, are, are exclusive do you get it by invitation only and how are they going to... They are going to look at the ticket. They are going to look at the, uh, at, the at the gate. You show your ticket. So people have entered. And then the person who organized the event or who sponsored the event, when she got there, she didn't have her ticket. She had lost the ticket. And she kept on telling them that, t- go and tell the, the main people, the people who the about. go and tell them, I, it is me. Do you get it? I am at the door. Because once you mention my name, they are gone because she knows that she has paid for 75% of the cost. They said, I'm sorry, anybody at all can come here and say they know the couple. Blah, 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 blah. She begged and begged and begged and begged. <laughs> they, they, they never opened. They never opened for, for her to get, get in. In fact, they wouldn't even give her the benefit of going to ask the people. They said that they said these people, they are busy. They are busy attending to their guests. You are not a guest. If you had a guest, you would have a ticket we are talking about the access to the kingdom of god is by what believing when you believe you get a spiritual ticket do you get it that's the first part of your grant miss Brittany. amen is that happy news yes now you have a ticket you can enter you can enter the place but it says but also also means in addition amen in addition brother in addition furthermore in addition is that not so You have been given, you have been granted. You've been given a grant containing uh, something good for you. And this second thing, many people have only read the first half of the document. It says, look, but to suffer for his sake. Oops. How can suffering be a good thing? How can that be a grant? Amen. Because after the suffering comes the glory. Hallelujah. That when we partake of the sufferings of Christ you are joined christ in his suffering you have joined christ in that path that he led and you are entitled to glory but because it doesn't look attractive many people walk away from it amen are you listening to me somebody so we've been talking about things that you must suffer for christ sufferings you must accomplish for christ tell me one you suffer temptation hallelujah Temptation is one of the sufferings you accomplish for Christ. Okay, what did we cover last week? What did we add last week? Pressure. Amen. You endure pressure. Enduring pressure is an accomplishment of what? The sufferings of Christ. Christ endured pressure. Amen. And if the Son of God was not exempt, and after you believe on Him, you become a Son of God, a daughter of God, then. Whatever was said about the Son of God will be said about you. That as part of your Christian calling, you are going to endure pressure. Hallelujah. Today, let's add, you endure hours of prayer. Hallelujah. Hours of prayer is another one of the accomplishments of the sufferings of Christ. If you have not prayed until your stomach is beginning to hurt, you have not prayed enough. Amen. I mean, there's a prayer that is so intense. And you see, the thing about prayer is that would it not be nice that as you are praying, as you are praying, that the Lord will come and say, I have heard you. A lot of times you pray and at the point you ask yourself, what am I doing here? Because you, especially if you are in a very secluded place, you pray and pray and you you keep hearing your own voice. Do you get it? You hear your own voice and you pause and you think about it is this prayer actually doing anything one man of God he said he heard somebody waited on God and prayed and waited on God and Jesus appeared to him he said he said, since God is no respecter of persons I'm also going to do the same thing so he also prayed took some time off was waiting on God he said he was reading the Bible meditating waiting on God sometime for five hours a day he said after seven days he said not even a cockroach came to visit me <laughs> hallelujah there is suffering in prayer when you are praying and believing god for something that is not manifesting there is suffering in it hallelujah are you listening to me it is one of the sufferings of christ it's, it, prayer is a suffering because it is a when you are praying is you are, you are in between something you are expecting something and you are waiting on it and you are waiting and then sometimes you look left and you look right you ask yourself what sin have i committed is that a sin, hidden sin? You've repented all the sins that you know of, amen. And sins that don't exist, you even make it up, amen. Hallelujah. When I was growing up in the Catholic Church, confession was part of the regular things you do, and you you any good Catholic you go for confession often, amen. And sometimes you don't know what you have, uh, like you've confessed all the sins, but you are supposed to go to confession, so. In Catholic Church, we dissect sins and, and and divide and all kinds of sins. And one of those sins was having uncharitable thoughts. It's like if you have a thought, like for instance, when you are driving, right, and somebody casts you off, and not when somebody casts you off, and especially if you see that they are notorious for doing that a lot on the road, then in your heart, you wish that a police officer is around and see that they are changing lanes in a dangerous way. Shouldn't a police officer take this dangerous driver off the road? I wish this didn't happen to them. Amen. That was something that you would go and confess about. Uh, This this week, I had an uncharitable thought about people. (laughs) Amen. Actually, it happened to me in uh, Chicago. One time we were in Chicago. And somebody did that. And I said, how I wish a police officer catches this guy. And then right there, a police officer showed up. And they, they stopped the guy. And it was a teenager. And my heart went out to him. I felt, I felt sorry for what I had wished. Do you get it? Because it's a child who is, you know, I I, I wish I had not wished that. <laughs> Amen. But sometimes what you do is that you you um you you, you, conf- you finish confessing that sin, there's no more sins to confess, and so if there's no more sins, the blood has covered me. Why is God not answering my prayer? Amen. Look at Jesus Christ in Luke. Let's look at this passage in Luke chapter twenty-two. Praying for long hours with no apparent response from heaven is an experience you must endure if you are to have to become a fruitful Christian. Hallelujah. There is suffering in prayer for hours in a room where you can only hear your own monotonous voice repeating the same words. Luke 22 and verse 39. And the thing is that, you see, There is a place where you wish somebody understood what you are going through. You wish somebody... Because it's not its not all tears. I mean, most people are not going to openly show their tears. You get it. Look at this scripture. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. That is Jesus. As he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. Keep going. When he came to the place... He said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. This is the son of God. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. A stone's throw. So like from here, if you throw a stone, it may be where the school of cosmetology is done or so. It's not very far. And he knelt down and prayed. What is he praying about? Next verse. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Look at how he prefixed the prayer. If it is your will. Amen. If it is your will. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. He said, not my will, but yours be done. What is he doing here? He's trying to convince the Father. Can we choose another path? You get it. Because, you see, he's imagining an he has been giving warnings and, and prophecies. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die for the sins of man. But as the time is drawing near, He's seen pictures of it. Hallelujah. He's seen Himself being beaten. Being, being uh, how do you call it? Um, uh, Spat upon and all kinds of things. So He says, How I wish you, your will is that. I will not have to go through this. Okay? Not my will, but yours be done. He has made His what is the will of Jesus? He has made his will clear, not to have to drink this cup. Is that not so? And then, but he doesn't know what the before he came the father had told him the father's will. Okay. But how many know that sometimes children can negotiate? You you say this thing and then and then they give one or two reasons and sometimes you can change your mind. Do you get it? So that is what he's trying to do. Go go to the next verse. We are going all the way to I believe forty five or forty six. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. So an angel is dispatched from heaven to come and strengthen him. When somebody brings help, because strength is help, is that not so? When you are doing something and then somebody brings reinforcement or brings help, like like, uh, let's say in the army, you are at war, and then the general brings more soldiers. Is that a signal that the war is over? What does that mean? When do you bring reinforcement? The war is rather escalating. It's getting to a, a, another notch. That is why you need more strength. Is that not so? So when the angel came to strengthen him, Madam Sally, it was not that it means God has heard him and that, okay, now we can go home to Nazareth. Rather, it meant that, I'm sorry, son, you have to go through this suffering. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. But that's why I'm sending the angel. Amen. The angel's arrival was to strengthen him for the task ahead. In fact, before you get to this point, the Bible says when they went to the mountain of transfiguration, there were two Old Testament prophets who came. Who were they? Moses and Elijah. Hallelujah. Which, by the way, means that they were not dead. When a believer dies, they are not dead. Amen. If they were dead, then Jesus Christ is speaking to the dead. That's necromancy. Jesus said that We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is God of the living and not God of the dead. So, um, what's his name? Moses and Elijah came to talk to Jesus. The Bible said they came to speak to him about the disease, or about the pain, about the suffering that he was to accomplish in Jerusalem. And now, here is an angel. Next verse. And being in agony, look at this scripture. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. He was in agony. He has prayed and prayed until it is beginning to bring pains, And this pain, I believe, was not just physical pain, but it was also pain emotionally. Pain in the soul. Do you get it? Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. His sweat. He prayed and it was so much agony that... There was there, his, his, uh, his veins and arteries were swollen, probably. And probably the best. Are you listening to me? I wanted to see that if the Son of God went through this suffering praying, then it means that praying is, can also be a suffering. Hallelujah. Okay, next verse. When he rose from prayer, And I come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. 46. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So prayer is one of the sufferings of Christ you and I are to accomplish. Let's add this one. And then we will close. And during betrayal, is an accomplishment of the sufferings of Christ. Enduring betrayal. We will take that from Matthew chapter 26. You see, everything that Christ went through, as you are a follower of Christ, is going to happen to you in one shape or form. Hallelujah. And the sufferings of Christ are a prediction that you are about to participate in the glory of Christ. When we are not and we are not experiencing the sufferings of Christ, we are not entitled to His Glory. Matthew 26 and from verse 21. And during betrayal is an accomplishment of the sufferings of Christ. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. You see, the thing about the betrayal of Christ is that it's not just an ordinary betrayer. You get it? What makes the betrayal of Christ more painful? It was from the inner circle. It was an inside job. Somebody who was close to him. Amen. As a follower of Christ, don't be surprised that you'll be betrayed. It's part of the sufferings of Christ. Okay, we are going to jump. So here was a prophecy. He was telling them at the Last Supper, one of you will betray me. And then let's jump to where it happened. Verse 47 in Matthew 26. Verse 47. And while he was still speaking, so here they were in the Gethsemane, is that not so? You know, remember the passage we just read in in Luke about, you know, Christ telling them, you know, we have to pray that you don't enter into temptation. And he was pleading with the Father, you know, if you will take this cup away from me. This is the account in Matthew, right? So a few verses before this verse is the same parallel scripture what we read in Luke. So after he told them, you know, rise and pray for lest you enter into the them. not long after that. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Okay? Keep going. Now his betrayer had given them a sign. So we're going all the way to 50. Giving them a sign, saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. So the betrayer has given a sign of love as the signal. You get it? Think about it. A sign of love. We are talking about entering into the sufferings of Christ. There are people who are close to you who would give a sign of love. They they, they show so much love that you you, you least expect that that person would do that. But in the, in the footsteps of Christ, as we are following the footsteps of Christ, somebody close to you will betray you one day. Amen. The big question, what do you do afterwards? If you already knew, Christ already knew this was going to happen. If somebody close to you betrays you, don't, it, it doesn't mean you should quit the Christian race. Hallelujah. Because God has prepared everything in their time and their season. And it is part of maturity. When you are not mature, when you are when you are um, how do you call it, inexperienced? When you're inexperienced, then you think the world is full of Santa Claus and his Fs. Do you get it? The world is full of crooked people. I taught a series on the world, the type of people in the world. Hallelujah! At a very early age, when I was selling PK I was selling PK. Uh, uh, I think I was a teenager. Do you know PK? It's a type of gum. Amen. <laughs> I was selling PK in in the in the in the um, transport transport yard, and somebody said, "My house is up the hill." There's a there, at the transport yard. There's a you go up a hill like that. He said, "My my house is up the hill." I don't have money on me, so take it, uh, uh, follow me to my house. Do you get it? We are talking about tricksters, evil workers, <laughs> false pretenders. When you look at his face, Brother Kweku, his face didn't look like somebody who would do anything bad to an innocent bystander. And then, you see, the sad aspect is that he opened the PK and started chewing it before we even got to his house. So I'm following him, following him like like I don't have any suspicion. Do you get it? And the house had a fence, it was a house with a fence. So a house has a fence with two doors. Do you get it? So he, he went through one door, and he said, wait for me here. Sister Elizabeth, <laughs> wait for me here. So you know how some houses, like there's a fence, and then the entrance to the door is on the side. Do you get it? So I'm there, and, I, and, then, and I'm waiting. At the point, I keep peeking. When is he coming out? When is he coming out? So what is it? I was about 10 minutes. No one was coming. So I went, and then knocked on the door. And the woman opened the door and said, excuse me, who are you looking for? Then I described a certain man. He said, nobody here. I live here by myself. There's no, there's no uh, man here. And then, and then she pointed to me, there's a, 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 the, you know, the, the fence goes around the house, right? And then there's another door at the back. And the guy had balanced himself. And he's gone. He's, he's left. At a very early age, I knew... Not to trust everybody and anybody, <laughs> amen. So it's not Judas was a master pretender. We are talking about as a Christian, you are going to have somebody close to you betray you. That is a sad aspect of life, but it shouldn't it shouldn't take you off course. Hallelujah. He was a master pretender because he made himself like he was so trustworthy. He was even made a treasurer in the fellowship. He was made a treasurer. And one day, when somebody was giving an offering to Jesus, this Judas guy said, you know what? Lord, you, you don't need much. You don't need a whole lot of things. Why don't we rather take this money and go and give to the poor? You see that he's somebody interested in who? The poor. No, he was not. He was not. If you look at the commentary by Apostle John, Apostle John said he did not say that because he loved the poor, but because he was a thief. And he wanted to dip his hand into the money and take for himself so you see that thing that was moving him and motivating him ultimately let him betray his master because if you are you are into money and after money money can land you in the wrong place so he went to sell his master for 30 pieces of silver and look he said greetings rabbi greetings rabbi meanwhile that case was a case of death it was not a greeting. It was a signal to the people. The soldiers understood the signal. That as soon as he did that, they grabbed Jesus. Look at, look at the, 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 the next verse. But Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Okay, at verse 51. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Somebody close to you will betray you, will say things about you. Meanwhile, when they are with you, they make you feel that you are the the greatest thing since last breath. Amen. It is part of the pain of this world. It is part of the pain. How people trust people. One day somebody was trying to trust somebody to me. I said, look. If you're inexperienced, if you're inexperienced, everything you hear, you get it. You take it all in as if with, with no questions. But look, I was born on a Friday but not last Friday. You can say everything, I, I, I will listen. But then I'll, I'm going to hear another side. Amen. Betrayal is the saddest thing if it comes from the closest person. But part of your training as a believer. You see, Christ could have been very offended. In fact, it, it, it's not just that he was betrayed. Even Peter also denied him on top of that. Pretending he doesn't know him This type of suffering this, And the scripture says in the in the case of Peter As they were taking Jesus from the house of Caiaphas Right Peter had denied him three times As they were taking him away Then he turned to look at Jesus I'm sure he did that for, for Peter to remember How he warned him Now don't be too confident in yourself Because tonight on, 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 Until the cock By the time the cock crows twice He would have denied me three times Hallelujah there was one. There was one. Um, Bible translator. I believe his name was John Huss. John Huss was an Englishman, a British man. And back in those days, they didn't have Bibles in the local language. Bible was only in Latin. Do you get it? So, if you have not learned, it, if you have not gone to school after a certain place, you couldn't read the Bible. In fact, people did not have access to the Bible. Only the priest had access to the Bible. Meanwhile, God wants his word to be known to everybody. Is that not so? So, around the time of John, John has tried to translate the Bible from Latin to English. And they had council meetings. They had, he had warnings. The local bishop and other people brought him to a meeting. He told them that, I believe the word of God is for the masses. It's not supposed to be the preserve of the priest. I believe God wants people to be able to read the word of God in their own language. That is why I'm doing this. They said he was what? A heretic. They were, they kept warning him and and the thing is that you see, if you are doing something and you have the support of your local um, bishop or whatever but these people pretended and a very close friend of John has pretended he was with him. Meanwhile, they had reported that thing to Rome and they were looking for the guy to arrest him. In fact, recently I got a little video that portrayed the thing. When the guy was with him, that oh, let's go to this place. The guy who was with him was a very close friend. Had he was in collusion. That's a, a word nowadays. He was in collusion. He was in collusion with the authorities. Do you get it? Because as a close friend, he knows where to find John Hass. And the sad aspect is that they met him in an alley and his friend was with him. And the people were shouting from a distance. And then the friend said, let's pass this way. Let's pass this way. This is the way of what? Escape. Not knowing he had tipped the people off. The people met him the other way and he was arrested. He was executed. Your house was executed. I I think he was burnt at the stake. You see, if you read your King James Bible today, the original translation from Latin to English by John Haas contributed greatly to the King James Bible. Because what they did was they took his translation and then I think 100, about 100 years later or so, there was another Englishman who did the same thing. So every translation was like, was like an improvement over the previous one. But his was the very first one from Latin to English. And he paid for it with his life. By the betrayer of a close friend. Hallelujah. When we want to serve Christ... Don't love your skin too much. This world, we will leave this world and we will turn into dust with the earth. At the end of the day, any suffering you need to suffer for the sake of promoting the kingdom of God, you must embrace it because this life, give it 50 years. Not even 50 years. 20 years. After you are gone, they forget about you. At your workplace, work hard to the best of your ability. But I will tell you, if you are not there, the work will go on. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let's rise up. Commit ourselves unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here, and you are not born again. You have not committed your life to Christ. You are not sure where you will be if Christ was to come today. If we were to, to have an interview and you say, Well, would you go with the Lord? You say, Hmm, maybe. We don't want to say maybe. We want to have full assurance. And the full assurance can only come by placing your faith in Christ and His forgiveness. The Bible says, no one is righteous. No, not one. Hallelujah. So I invite you to give your life to Christ if you haven't done that. Or you are a believer but you've walked away from the Lord. Something makes you unsure. If Christ was to come today, something makes you unsure whether you go with Him. Every time we get the opportunity, we want to give you the chance to recommit your life to Christ. To plead for His forgiveness. Ask for the blood of Jesus to come upon you. Lift up your hand if you are that person. You want to rededicate your life to Christ. We love you, Jesus. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, Lord. Thank you so much for this glorious gospel. We will not trample and to the Son of God. We will not disregard the blood of the eternal covenant, Lord. We actually look forward to the power of the cleansing of your blood. Thank you, Jesus. I want the church to pray after me. Thank you, my Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe he died for my sins, and his sprinkled blood has been shed upon me to make me acceptable before God. I believe Christ rose again from the dead on the third day in order to declare me righteous. I believe I am righteous in Christ. So give me your grace, Lord. To walk in his footpath and to suffer for his sake. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. We are going to take our second offering and our tithes. Our first and best. If you brought your first and best stand up to your feet, we love you, Jesus. Lift up your hand if you need an envelope. If you paid your first and best during the week online, also stand up to your feet. Our Heavenly Father, thank you